Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to part two of Ed Gamble's Moon Underwater, his dream pub furbishment. Uh, I am John Robbins, landlord of the Moon Underwater, and here with me is the lovely Robin Allender, the fantastic Ed Gamble, star of stage and screen, uh, judge on the Great British Menu, co-host, off-menu, host, Taskmaster podcast, Taskmaster appearee. He's all over the shop. Champion. Champion, taskmaster, <laughs> and a comedian par excellence in his own right. Also, an expert on death metal, thrash metal, sludge metal, groove metal, um, metalwork, um, <laughs> and um, all different types of metal. What's your? What is your? I, I only recently discovered that there's a genre of metal called gent, D J E N T, because that's the noise the palm mute make, gent, 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 like that. That's quite a nice subgenre. It is a nice subgenre. I, I'm not. I, I'm not too au fait with gent. I mean, I guess the the archetype of the gent band who started it all, the Meshuggah, who are who are fantastic. But apart from that, I'm not really too au fait with with the gent. 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 Mm. I sometimes play at Megadeth's Hangar 18 when I'm having a particularly loud toilet. <laughs> <laughs> play it, it on really, my phone. It really speeds up, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The song. And... <laughs> yeah, it gets quite frenetic. That's a good thing about iPhones. You can you can take your uh, your smothering sounds with you. Anyway, uh, you join us as we are strung out on some financial hooks, oh so tenter, because the lovely Robin Allender set us a pub quiz about money. Robin, money, money. Yes, this week's quiz was all about money or financial services and when they were introduced. So, question one was when was chip and pin? Introduced in the UK, Ed. I, I, I struggled with this. I it, it was certainly within my memory because I seem to remember. Um, didn't uh, Mitchell and Webb do the advertising campaign? Didn't they play a they played a double act called uh, Chip and Pin, who uh, used to be with um, two other double act partners. This was a sketch they did. It wasn't the advertising campaign that was that was Apple, wasn't it? Oh, right. um, but they did a sketch where they played a double act who used to be with two other double act partners um, called Fish and Cushion. Uh, 
<laughs> so it's fish and chip and pin and cushion and they get together and think oh well, chip and pin well that's obviously we're going to be so famous and then fish and cushion are the ones who get massive <laughs> oh, that's, that's very good um so I, I i'm bearing in mind when that sketch would have been i, I i'm gonna go 2005 okay might be John? too soon i've gone 2004 ed has it it's because it's 2006 ah! the year of the Dyson Airblade as well, also introduced in 2006. What a time to be what British. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, they, te- they tested chip and pin in uh, in Swindon, where they experiment with a lot of those things. Really? Yeah, same with the Magic Roundabout. That's why the Magic Roundabout's in uh, the, the Magic Roundabout, do you know? There's one roundabout and then loads of mini roundabouts around it. Looks like a flower. Yeah, and they, they were trying that out in Swindon to see if it worked, and it didn't. So it's just in Swindon. Well, now. everyone just crashed into each other. <laughs> yeah. and like, oh, but God. it's still in Swindon. <laughs> yeah. Crikey. Um, question two was, when was the first plastic credit card introduced? Ed, what do you think? I've, I mean, I've got no idea uh, before my lifetime, I guess. Um, so I've, I've, gone with, I've gone with 81. 81. John? I've gone 68. Ooh. John has it there because it was 1959. Wow. Holy crisps. Holy crisps. Crisps. American Express. 1959. So level pegging for the last question. When were ISA's individual savings accounts to, to, to you and I introduced? And what was the original cash limit? A question that screams John Robbins. <laughs> Ed, what do you think? I mean, I've got, I've got no clue whatsoever. I've, <laughs> I've gone, uh, I've gone nineteen seventy four, and I've gone twelve hundred quid. Oh, Ed! Oh my God! <laughs> well, I've, I mean, I literally have no idea. And there's no, been loads. Fine. There's that's been good. loads of years. So. There's been loads of there years. There have yeah. been loads of years. Um, I don't think I've got the year right. Okay. I think the year was two thousand and seven, and I think the limit was five grand. It was nineteen ninety nine. Christ. No and the, way! And the limit was three thousand. Uh, still won. You still won that though. Got yeah, closest. But I feel good about myself. Wow! Well, don't worry about it. <laughs> if, if it's any comfort, two thousand and seven. No, it was still three thousand then. So you didn't get that right either. So no comfort. Cold comfort there for John. Well, I said nineteen seventy-four. I feel great about myself. Yeah, I should have done a, a metal subgenre quiz. Actually, though, that would have been Ed would have really? smashed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, money's made of metal. Some of it. It is. Uh, anyway, uh, we're now going to head back to Ed Gamble's uh, fantasy pub. Ed, before we get into your spirit choices, I want to get a feel for your early pubbings. Pubs of your youth, youth of your pubs. Talk to me about your early pubs. Early pubs. Uh, first pub with friends. Uh, would have. I think, I think we were getting into pubs maybe, finding the right pubs when we were 14. Ooh. Wow! Yeah, the the we were a good group of friends at honing in on the places that didn't care. Uh, so the the railway tavern, which is no longer there in Putney, which was a Weatherspoons in Putney, it was like a three floor Weatherspoons. Um, so you could sort of sneak in and just hide in a corner. Uh, we used to go there every Friday, and then we'd go from there. This was when we were a bit older. Go from there over to Wimbledon Village and go to Finch's, which was like a late night a late license pub bar um but we'd also used to go to in Wimbledon village because I went to school in Wimbledon the king of Denmark which is no longer there because that that let us drink in school uniform like that was what? that was really <laughs> bad yeah <laughs> i think we're probably the last generation that could have 
had that experience at yeah. 18, do you think? I think so. I remember going into the pub in Thornbury in Friday, on a Friday night, and, like, the teachers were there. And we were getting drunk with the teachers. That's <laughs> mad when you think about it now. We we couldn't quite get away with that. In fact, that I think there was one we finished uh, we finished a term and we all went to the King of Denmark and we're drinking pints in our school uniform and playing darts and stuff. And a teacher came in and was like, "Okay, what the fuck is going on?" <laughs> like, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Um, but those those were those were the the early early pubs were all sort of Wimbledon, Southwest London based and uh, young young drinking and never really appreciated pubs really. It was just anywhere that would serve you. But you went to uni in a great pub city, didn't you? In, in Durham. In Durham, and I'm going to really let you down and say that we went to some. Fr- we used to regularly go to some pretty awful pubs like Chain, Hogshead, Varsity. In the most in the most beautiful city you could possibly imagine. In cob- cobbled streets, we'd go to Varsity. Well, you, you, youth is wasted on the young, isn't it? I mean, when I was a student, I drank I, almost exclusively orange WKD. Yeah. <laughs> What college were you at, Ed? I was at Hatfield College uh, in Durham. Because um, all of my family went to Durham apart from me. Mm. Um, so, But we used to holiday there every year for 12 years because, I don't know why, because we didn't have much money and my mum didn't like flying. But I have to say Durham holds a remarkable place in my mind's eye, but I never really pubbed there because I was a kid, you know, looking around the cathedral for the seventh time. We um I've been back there on tour and whenever I've been back there I think I now will pop into the pubs that I probably should have gone to when I was a student there the sort of places where postgrads drink and professors are having a pint so there's an amazing pub called the Dun Cow um uh, in in Durham uh, and another lovely pub that I used to go to now and again as a student called the Victoria yes um, the Victoria's brilliant that was one of my dad's favorite pubs I lived next door mm. to the Victoria pretty wow. much or so- like two doors down and it's a phenomenal pub with you know all the brass. It's got all the like the brass fittings and stuff, and the walls are covered with pictures of people who go to the Victoria, including a picture of the man who played Kevin Webster in Coronation Street. <laughs> all this. So, so, what would you want your pub to look like, Ed? Oh, nothing like that. Um, heavy metal posters everywhere. Uh, quite. Gr- I, I I like a small pub, but dark, and not grimy, but like the. The sort of the feeling of grime. It could be grimy. So they've cleaned the floor, but not right up to the edges. They've not lifted anything up to clean the floor. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, my, the, some of the favourite places, I, uh, my favourite places I've ever drunk are there. There was a bar I went to in Japan, uh, in Tokyo, in the Golden Guy, which is where they have. It's just bar, 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 like really rammed up against each other, and most of them seat like twelve people, six to twelve people. Wow. And there's a there's a metal bar there called Deathmatch in Hell, um, which seats eight people. Uh, it's covered in ho- horror memorabilia. There's about eight TVs, tiny TV screens, all showing different horror films. The man who runs it is called Wayne. Everyone knows him as Wayne because he wears a Wayne's World hat. Um, and all of the drinks cost 666 yen. <laughs> and he must be losing money because that's a crazy... <laughs> <laughs> for most things that's too little um so and play, they play punishingly loud heavy metal and there's the black heart in camden which is another fantastic metal pub like i, I really like places like that there's a the griffin in bristol i don't know if you've ever been there it's, it's a really good metal pub. i really like the griffin in bristol mm. it's 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 really nice did you ever go to the hatchet in bristol in its heyday when it was a sort of metal goth pub 
Uh, it's where I did my first gig, and it's one of the oldest pubs in Bristol. And rumor has it that the the front door is made of human skin. <laughs> Whose rumor was that? <laughs> I don't know where that rumor came yeah, from. It's a persistent rumor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to have taken you there in two thousand and four five when it was sort of. It was very. It was. Was it wasn't was it, it was metally, wasn't it, Rob? Yeah, it was. It had that like sort of indie night, and it's definitely like the academy across the road. Like it's a real pre-gig venue for going to see bands and things as well. Yeah, lots of piercings and tattoos, Ed. You'd have loved it. I'd like look. I like it, and I don't mind. You know, if I'm there to drink, I don't necessarily need it to be the most sort of polished, fancy atmosphere. Mm. So what? Am, I'm walking into your dream pub. Am I seeing black on black on black? No, you're seeing some red. Yeah. That well, <laughs> I went to it's a <laughs> I went to a really fun bar. That, I've just been on honeymoon to California, and there's they, a lot of dive bars in America. You're wondering what a dive bar is. I never really knew what a dive bar was. Uh, having been to a few dive bars now, it's what Americans just mean by pub. Mm. You go into a dive bar and you're like, oh, this is like a nice pub. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone made a very good point. I can't. I was walking through London. Was it with you, Rob? I can't remember, but they said we walked past a place. We walked past a place, and it said American Dive Bar. And this person said, if it has to say Dive Bar, it's not a dive bar because it's sort of it's being quite self consciously ironic. It's just a bar. Yeah, just a bar. But I think it's. I think we talked about this on the monthly podcast. I was in Barcelona recently, and I went with a friend to a rock bar called Nevermind. And it was just so brilliant and quite kind of guileless. Like I think in in the UK, everything it can. It, there's a tendency for things to be a bit self conscious or maybe a bit tongue in cheek. But this was just a really authentic play. They're just playing really good music. It was grimy in a good way. And do you, do you know what I mean? Like I think sometimes that these are places that the UK doesn't do as well. Yeah, like, I, I agree. I mean, the, the Black Heart is a is a really good place to go to if you want that sort of atmosphere in in the UK. But we went to some amazing places in LA, like the Prince and uh, HMS Bounty, which is like a nautical a nautical themed dive bar. It feels like you're on a ship, um, but just really really good fun. Uh, but dark. I like dark. I like dark wood. I like red lights and just yeah, perfect. Dark for dark business. Yeah. What if the music's too loud though, and you can't hear yourself talking to people? I don't. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard quiet metal music. <laughs> well, you can. I mean, you can. You can get it, sure. Uh, but at a certain point in the evening, I want it to be whacked up. I want to sing along. You know. Right. So, would you be walking into? I'm assuming they're playing metal music in your dream pub. But do you want to walk in to hear it? Sort of a, you know, very like background metals. Quite an odd concept. Yeah, ambient metal. That, that probably is a genre. It, I mean, it absolutely is, yeah. But it, um, you want, I think you, there's a middle ground, right? To background and too loud. And there, there used to be an amazing bar in London called Crowbar, which is very sadly shut down. Uh, you guys must have, do you remember Crowbar? It, on Manette Street, it was absolutely tiny um, in Soho. And they would play, you'd go there late on in the evening and it would be pretty loud. But you're only going there at, at midnight because you want that, because you want to drink cans of Red Stripe and scream along to a Slayer song. <laughs> yeah, I, unsurprisingly, I've not been there, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those places that it, it was open so late that you'd go in there and there'd be businessmen in there who'd slightly loosen their ties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you've played me and, and recommended me some metal that 
almost crosses over into post-rock, which is where I think I... I mean, I like Metallica and Megadeth and those sort of 80s and 90s guitar noodly uh, metal bands. But Baroness, yeah. you, I really like that because it felt like I was sort of almost could have been listening to like Mogwai at times or um, Tortoise or something like that. Good stuff. I, I like sort of mathematical metal drums. You'd, you'd probably, you'd like the new, the most recent Deaf Heaven album, I think, because that's kind of... Yeah, that's a beautiful album. It's got a lot of post-rocky and shoegaze and, yeah, that sort of that sort of element to it. Check it out. Writing it down. Write it down, mate. Death Heaven. Death Heaven. On Death, death 2. Heaven. <laughs> on Death 2. Death <laughs> Leopard on Death 2. Hang on, which is it? Death Heaven? Death, death heaven. heaven. All one word, Death Heaven. Yeah. Death Heaven. Okay, cool. Because Death Heaven is just heaven, isn't it? Because that's where you're going to go. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, right, Ed, what are your two spirits, please? Two spirits. This was easier than the wine, I'll be honest. Uh, I absolutely love gin. Uh, and there's only one gin we have in this house, and it's Harris Gin. Ooh, I've not heard of it. It is fantastic stuff. It's from the Isle of Harris. Uh, Scottish gin. Comes in the most beautiful bottle you've ever seen. Uh, and is they make it with, with uh, sugar kelp. So it's got a sort of... The smell of it is a little bit nautical as well. It's seaweedy. and uh, But the taste of it is a bit citrusy as well. It look, The bottle looks like something the Queen Mother would would, would drink in, in maybe the, the, the Well, that's 40s. what attracted me to it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? The bottle almost looks like it's washed up on a shore. Mm. It's, I really, really like it. Yeah. And it's a, be- it's a beautiful gin. It's, I make martinis with this gin. Oh. And was- what are you, what are the flavour notes apart from kelp? I mean, the the, fla- the kelp doesn't necessarily come too strong with the actual flavour, but the smell of it is quite kelpy. Um, a little bit citrusy. Uh, apparently, I, you know, reading, reading about it, it says it's juniper forward. But I don't really know what juniper tastes like outside of gin, so I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't well, I tell you. Like most dry gins are juniper forward, are they? To sort of cast a cast a net over the whole gin industry, if yeah. I may. <laughs> well, it's absolutely delicious and very like I've had it with tonic, and it's it's nice with tonic. But I, I the martini is the making martinis at home during COVID lockdowns is the happiest I've ever been during a lockdown and also the most alcoholic I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> What's your, talk, talk me through your martini making. What's I your mean, it's of... basically straight gin. Right. It's the, <laughs> I do use, I use vermouth, but I wash the glass with vermouth. So tiny bit in, literally tip it round and then I'm flicking out the rest of the vermouth. Vermouth then, down the sink. Well, a tiny bit, whatever's left. Maybe we're not so dissimilar <laughs> after all, Ed. And then I bought, uh, I bought a, like a mixing glass you do the gin into the mixing glass with ice, bar spoon, stir for 45 to 60 seconds, strain out the gin into the glass. And I, I put the glass in the freezer as well. And then normally a twist with a gin martini, but occasionally occasionally olives. Oh, I love it. Okay, Harris gin is in there. What's number two? I've been through a bourbon phase. I'm not really in it at the moment, but it's, but I'd still like to put a bourbon in, I think. Um, Bullet is my sort of go-to bourbon but i sort of did myself on bullet nish kumar came over to my house and we decided to have some old fashions uh and i think we drank a bottle of bourbon and it was that was bad that was bad stuff so you know what like i think the biggest contrast of 
drinking now I'm 40 and drinking when I was in my 20s. I, I could drink six pints in my 20s. I can drink six pints now. And I won't feel particularly worse the next day. I used to put away bottles of rum. If I did that now, I think I... I mean, and I haven't done that for a very long time. I would wake up with a sort of almost like Revelation-style hangover, like the final book of the Bible-type <coughs> interior monologue. Yeah. Right. The spirits get you, man. Yeah, I mean, certainly certainly the dark, the dark spirits, right? So... The bullet, the bullet really got me, and I guess gin gets me as well. Vodka and tequila. I think I keep being told that tequila and soda is the best way to go on a night out. If you want to get drunk but also feel fine the next day, only drink tequila and soda or mezcal and soda. Apparently, very, very popular choice in the Moon Underwater tequila. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just, I, I think in the UK we're only discovering that tequila can be nice. In mm, maybe yeah. in the last sort of three years. The worst element of a spirit hangover, especially dark spirits, is knowing this is this is not going away after my morning cup of tea and breakfast and a trip to the old shower. This is here for the long haul. And it's going to test you. It's going to test your relationship. I went through such a bourbon phase just <laughs> trying to try all these different bourbons and I'd have like bourbon before bed and stuff and you're like why are you doing that whenever i have a whiskey it's normally the last drink of the night and i'm what what are you playing at? i know you're just adding to your hangover with no real benefit no absolutely not but i remember you and when we went to new york you and lloyd's did a flight of bourbons in this bar what was it called it was a it was the bub it was a barbecue restaurant called fat sow in brooklyn yeah fat sow which it's just so cool and so great i mean as a vegetarian, I did enjoy the rolls and coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> so they they bring you like this. It's a metal tray and it had like pulled pork. It had brisket. It had like four or five types of meat, some rolls, some gherkins and some uh, coleslaw. But then you and Lloyd had a flight of bourbons and there was one called Noah's Mill. Mm, yeah. And for some reason... That Noah's Mill bottle is just stuck in my head, even though I can't drink whiskey and, and bourbon. Oh, I just don't what? like it. I'd forgotten about that. And I was, I'm was i going to pick a bourbon. I'm not going to pick Bullet because it knocks me sick thinking about it. But I was going to pick Blanton's, which is a fantastic bourbon. I've only ever had one bottle of it. And I had, I, I had a bottle of it because when we were stuck in New York, I couldn't do a gig. And I called, I called up, well, texted Ivo Graham saying, can you do this gig for me? And it was quite a decent gig. It was good money. And he was, <clears throat> he said, oh, thank you so much for giving me this gig, even though he was doing me a favour. And in very typical Ivo fashion, he decided to send me a present. Oh. And he said, you like bourbon, don't you? And I said, yeah. And he just sent me a bottle of this Blanton's bourbon, which I'd never had before. And it was fantastic. It was really good. But Noah's Mill was also very good as it's well. It's interesting because I was once asked to do a corporate for a, a rugby competition. And I said, oh, I'm wrong for that. You should ask Mike Bubbins. And uh, he was over the moon to be given it and uh, said he would send me a gift and never did. <laughs> M- must, have, uh, must have just uh, skipped his old mind there. Well, no, it's just Ivo's got that eaten thing, hasn't he? It's just, you know, that's... that's it's, a thank, it's a thank you letter. It's, no, he, you know. no he, he made a promise. He, he made a verbal contract. 
<laughs> no, but God, thank Christ I didn't take that rugby corporate. That would have been an absolute car crash. Imagine you trying to talk about rugby. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Noah's Mill bourbon bottle, I just think, looks like one of the nicest bottles. It was lovely as well. And I think both me and Lloyd went and bought a bottle and, and brought it home with us. Yeah, it's strong, though. Are you with a bit of water or are you with ice no, for a bourbon? No, no, no. One, just straight. one or two cubes of ice, I'd say. Yeah, I think I'm drinking it pr- pretty much straight. And but bourbon, you can do that with. I think I've I've tried with scotch, and it's just too. I just I'm not I'm not a big scotch guy. But bourbon's pretty sweet anyway. And you, you think this is a dream a dream pub? I I should have picked something like. Have you guys heard about Pappy Van Winkle before? Uh, no. Which is the haven't they been cancelled? <laughs> which is the bourbon that they only make like, you know, I don't know how many bottles, but it's a very limited amount of bottles every year, and it's so insanely popular that people sell it on the black market and stuff and a whole load got stolen in the past and um i've tried it once before in a restaurant and you just think oh, it's just bourbon really yeah i mean noah's mill is 57 percent, so you would be watering that down with something surely no no i think i was drinking that with with a cube of ice but... holy moses i mean were you to go to like a malt whiskey place what they called distillery and they were serving you a sixty percent. They would they would say you have to have this with water, wouldn't they, Rob? I'd imagine so. Yeah, I mean that you know I've said before on the, on this um, with a little bit of water, it just absolutely sets off the the flavours in Scotch. Yeah, I, I guess that's Scotch, right? But I I think bourbon I, is has so many it has such a flavour profile of it has that sweetness and all sorts of other things going on in it. I would never I would never pop water in that. Yeah, I like Maker's Mark. Emma Inch chose Maker's Mark, Mark, and I got a bottle of that after she recommended it, and that is really really nice. So it's time to press you on a decision, Ed. What are you going for? I'll go, I'll go with the I'll go with the Noah's Mill. Go on, because I've not I've not had that since. Nice. Let's do that. Oh. Noah's Mill, I've influenced a moon underwater decision. (laughs) 57.15% must be one of our highest ever ABVs here. Uh, But it is a, it was, I remember feeling, that's the most I've, I often feel like I want to get into whiskey and I try, I have a go on it, get heartburn, pour the bottle down the sink uh, (laughs) or give it away. Um, But Noah's Mill, that was like, oh, I wish I was into that. You, what you should do, John, is you take your U-Bend out and put a big washing up bowl below the U-Bend and then at the end of the year invite friends over and you can have it as a really mad punch. Oh, yeah. John's Ullage. John's Ullage. <laughs> it's revolting. Oh, well, dear. it's now time to head over to uh, the sort of most refined area of the moon underwater. It's got uh, green leather armchairs. A lot of You're allowed to smoke in the moon underwater, in certain parts of the moon underwater. There's a lot of pipe tobacco knocking around, those nice old glass jars of tobacco. There's a humidor. Uh, there's a lot of books, because it's the blooming library, for goodness sake. Uh, and in there is the Robin Allender with this week's tome. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Are you quite drunk, John? <laughs> 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 oh, we've all been there. We've all been there. Thanks, John, and welcome to this week's pub library. And this week in the pub library, it's White Teeth by Zadie Smith. Oh, really? Never read it. It's Is it br- good? It's brilliant. It's very, I've very heard it's funny. Great. 
It was published in 2000 when Zadie Smith was 24. She wrote it in her last year at uni at Cambridge. Isn't that mad? She was so young. And it's very, very funny. Imagine writing a novel during your finals. What on earth? How are people so talented? I know. It's it's really it's really funny and it's got, it's interesting really because it feels kind of of its time now because it's got this kind of quirkiness and kind of manic energy. It was called hysterical realism at the time, which is quite a nice phrase. But it's a very funny multi generational story of immigrant lives in twentieth century London, and it's set in North London, notably Willesden, where Smith grew up. Willesden Green. Yes, indeed. Because the, the the lady on the tube always pronounces it with a real spring in her yeah, step. Yeah, she does, yeah. Willesden Green. Uh, so it features some real pubs that are sadly no longer with us. The King Lud on Ludgate Circus, which is now a Leon. And uh, the Spotted Dog in Willesden, which is now a block of flats. But also a lot of the action takes place in a cafe, which I believe is fictional, although correct me if I'm wrong. And it's called O'Connell's Pool House, which is described as being an Irish pool house run by Arabs with no pool tables. And this is a brilliant extract about O'Connell's, which, while it's not a pub exactly, is very pub-like in certain ways. So here we go. Finally, O'Connell's. Inevitably, O'Connell's. Simply because you could be without family in O'Connell's, without possessions or status, without past glory or future hope, you could walk through that door with nothing and be exactly the same as everybody else in there. It could be 1989 outside, or 1999, or 2009, and you could still be sitting at the counter in the v-neck you wore to your wedding in 1975, 1945, 1935. Nothing changes here. Things are only retold, remembered. That's why old men love it. It's all about time. Not just its stillness, but the pure, brazen amount of it. Quantity rather than quality. This is hard to explain. If only there was some equation, something like time spent here over time that I could have usefully spent elsewhere, enjoyment times masochism equals reason why I am a regular. <laughs> something to ra- <laughs> something to rationalise to explain why one would keep returning to the same miserable scenario. But time is what it comes down to. After you've spent a certain amount, invested so much of it in one place, your credit rating booms and you feel like you're breaking the chronological bank. You feel like staying in the place until it pays you back all the time you gave it, even if it never will. Oh, man. (laughs) It's great. Isn't that really good about kind of... (laughs) Well, yeah, about the time. I love the the pure brazen amount of it. Yeah, and I love that equation about what makes you a regular. It's like the the amount of time you've invested in the place. You know, it's very good. Oh, that's superb. Yeah, when I when I used to work in a pub, you'd often see the regulars in there, and I don't think they were enjoying themselves. No, but they just had gritted teeth, as if to say, "I I cannot leave now." Yeah, yeah. This is where I am. You used to work in a pub, Ed. Tell us about the pub you used to work in. I used to work in the Rains Park Tavern, just opposite Rains Park Station. Um, I, I don't think it's a good pub, <laughs> necessarily. It's like people who used to be in Woody Allen films. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never work there again. <laughs> yeah. The landlord was very good and really and really cared about it, but I think just the, it, it was like it wasn't a chain. It was like a brewery pub. I can't remember the brewery, um, but uh, the, yeah, the pub itself was a little bit run down. But he he did his best to maintain it. But I used to spend all all my wages basically at uh, sort of 
little lock-ins afterwards where the, the staff would stay and yes you could have a drink but most of the time you had to put it into the till there was a real honor system um but i used to drink guinness like water so it would be you know was that your drink of choice back then oh my god yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely loved it so white teeth by zadie smith very deserving of its place here in the moon underwater pub library we add it to the shelves and we continue with ed gamble's dream pub and what a pub it is so far he has vault city brewing cloudy lemonade session sour 4.2 percent Mikola nitro coffee ipa 6.6 percent then we move into the realm of bottles with the Margot Chateau Cantonac Brown 2008 at pretty hefty £57, but it's nothing in comparison to my pick of Ed's Pops, which is the JJ Prum 1990 Riesling. Yes, please, pour me another one, deliver one to my door, and let me glug it down with a smile on my face, uh, because I would really, really love to taste that. But it's uh, it's 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 a tour, as uh, my dear old friend Incognito used to describe. Two hundred pounds. It's a tour. Uh, then we have the quiz. That was great. Uh, and the spirits Harris Gin from the Harris Distillery. And do you know what they do? Because I looked them up in my mind. They send you a metal refill bottle so that you can fill up your glass bottle so that it's always full. What a great idea. They also do absolutely stunning. In fact, let me let me show you. They do glassware in the same sort of style as the as the bottle. So I've got oh, nice. a couple of these for gin and tonics, and I've got a couple of martini glasses that are in the same sort of fluted style as well. Mm. Oh, and thank you so much for bringing those into the Moon Underwater, Ed. Um, Welcome. And keeping them in your back pocket all this time. And <laughs> uh, Ed's second spirit was Noah's Mill, which I actually sort of. Uh, so sort of steered him into his bourbon of choice, a whopping 57% ABV, but it's a belter of a bourbon. We've got White Teeth by Zadie Smith in the library, but now we have to go to the jukebox. And Ed, I'm excited for this because I know I'm going to be introduced to something that I'm going to check out and it's going to be something new. Um, unless, of course, you've gone rogue. Uh, but Ed, if you were to walk into your dream pub, what one album would you want to have access to on the JB, the Juliet Bravo? So obviously we've discussed, I'm a heavy metal fan. I enjoy loud rock music. In fact, I haven't even mentioned that my little display here, of I've got three bottles there of spirits just behind me. That is a, a, a Slipknot rye, uh, a Motorhead rum, uh, and a great frog scotch who are like a rock and roll jewellery company. Um, uh, I've had a bottle of the Slipknot Rye before. It's it's now on display, the other bottle, because I don't think I want to drink anymore of that, to be honest. <laughs> Have you tried the uh, Queen Vodka? Not tried the Queen Vodka. How is the Queen Vodka? The Queen Vodka, well, I don't know if you can still get it. It was called Killer Queen Vodka. It was absolutely great. Have you tried... Uh, either of the Queen Wines. No, I've not delved into the Have Queen you Wines. Tried the Queen Pilsner. <laughs> no, I, I, let's 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 end this now. I've not tried any Queen <laughs> badge have alcohol. You, have you tried the Trooper, the Iron Maiden beer? I have, and I, you know what? I like Trooper is the one that's sustained across multiple regions, right? It seems to actually. Yeah, yeah it's not bad actually. Trooper, yeah, yeah. I like Trooper. And it's not just at metal festivals. Like, it seems to just be in normal pubs and people yeah. drink it. Yeah, yeah, because it's a good beer and it sort of began that trend for 
for bands bringing out their own booze. Uh, fair enough. Everyone's got to make a buck. Uh, but I think Trooper actually sort of deserves its place. Um, but what are we having on Ed Gamble's jukebox, please? So I want to clarify, is this album I'm bringing going on the jukebox at my pub? Or is it going on the jukebox at the Moon Underwater, which I'm led to believe is not my is not my pub. That's where we are now. The Moon Underwater is everyone's pub. Right. It's like the internet. <laughs> okay. It was given to the world freely, but you have to go into a different realm to access it, a bit like uh, when you plug in your modem. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, <laughs> the, uh, the jukebox here at the Moon Underwater reflects the choices you want in your pub. Okay. So you're putting this album in your pub, but we host it here in the mainframe of the Moon Underwater. So it's a bit of both. Excellent it's a answer. Difficult concept there, isn't it? <laughs> I enjoyed the use of the word mainframe. Yeah. yeah, thanks, man. Second question: Am I picking an album that would uh, that would appeal to punters, or am I only picking an album that I'd enjoy in the pub? You're okay. Imagine the scene. You're in your dream pub. You're either sat at the bar watching your employees serve your regulars, or you're behind the bar. You hear the click of the jukebox. You see the number come on. You're like, yes. Yes. But crucially, the rest of the punters don't leave when that song comes on. Well, no, but also your pub is, you've described your pub as being black, mm. red, skulls, loud m- music. So I'd, I very much doubt someone's going to come in expecting Ed Sheeran. Sure. Okay. Well, because my answer for populism would have been Permission to Land by The Darkness. I think the probably one of the best pub albums ever. It's it's wall to wall bangers. That's what I like about albums. Good albums. I hate it when people are like oh, the album takes you on such a journey. No, I want the journey to be really good song at the beginning, then loads of really good songs, and then a really good song at the end. <laughs> but the album I'm going to pick is a band called Clutch, who are the greatest living rock and roll band, uh, and uh, the album is Blast Tyrant. Um, which is a few, fair few albums ago for Clutch, but it's brilliant, properly American, loud, big, like stonery riffs, fantastic lyrics. They are the band I've seen most live ever, and they are they're brilliant. Proper sing along, loud rock and roll music. Love it. Nice. So are they? They're a metal band, right? Well, yeah. They, I, I think they rock and roll. I think is how they describe themselves. But they have they got a lot of riffs. Hmm. So is it kind of? Is it kind of like, could you trace a path back to like ZZ Top in terms of the kind of Southern rock and roll kind of element? Definitely. They've got that, that element to them as well, but then sort of mixed with more of the sort of stonery California thing as well. Caius kind of. Yeah. Like like, a Caius sort of desert rock thing as well. Um, But also the, the lead singer Neil Fallon is just, I think the best front man around at the moment and is, is such an amazing performer and writes genuinely funny, weird lyrics. Cool. I'm I'm actually tempted to listen to a track just because it's so out of my wheelhouse. What would be a track of Blast Tyrant I could listen to quickly now in my mind? Good question. Um, I've actually played you a clutch track before, John, and you said it reminded you of Fra- uh, like a Frank Zappa song. I'm just looking it up in my mind, and my mind is recommending me Clutch Control Manual Car, which I'm thinking is perhaps <laughs> more in my wheelhouse. Well, you know the drop-down menu really uh, sort of represent what you've been Googling in the last... <laughs> <laughs> Let's see off Blast Tyrant what the best one is to play. I mean, Mob Goes Wild is like the big hit on that album, 
I'm going to listen to Mob Goes Wild. Okay, yeah. Listen to this great lyrics on Mob Goes Wild. I'm going to listen to it very briefly. Just. Okay. Uh huh. I wasn't anticipating that we wouldn't be able to hear John listening. No, yeah. It's just John in silence here. He's, he's He's nodding his head, to be fair. He's bite, biting his lip. His kind of head's trembling a bit, like... Uh, he's having a seizure. Uh, he's smiling. Yeah, it's very funky. There's, it's yeah, really there's a lot funky. of funk. Funk is a great... Is They care about the riff, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Oh, it's all riffs. It's all riffs all the way. Do you listen to any Frank Zappa or early Queen at all? No, I find it... Uh, Frank Zappa's one of those people who's got such a big discography that I find it difficult to approach... I'll make you a, I'll make you a playlist. I'll make you a playlist. But Clutch Blast Tyrant goes onto the Moon Underwater Pub Jukebox. Give the sea so the swan will marry a propagate lies. Tough luck for elected officials. The beast you see got fifty eyes. Bring it on home. Spread the wealth. Hello, fans of Pub and Pint. I'm Jess Phillips an MP, and now for the first time, a podcast host. I know that the moon underwater is used to sighing for its letters, so I think you'll love my new podcast that's all about writing letters. It's called Yours Sincerely, and in each episode I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. So with that, I'll sign off with Yours Sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy an episode of my podcast soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we arrive at Ed Gamble's wild card. And one could argue there are a few wild cards within Ed's choices. So what's your final choice, Ed? Well, I had a couple of ideas for the wild card, including a sort of sparkling natural wine or a pet nat. Uh, But I'm not going to go with that because I think we'll get more chat out of this. Uh, And I'm going to go with, um, because I couldn't pick Draft Guinness because too many people have picked it before. So I'm going with bottles of 
Guinness Foreign Extra. Ooh. So is this the super strength one? This is the super strength Guinness that was designed as super strength so they could export it across the world. Right. Because it, it would keep. It would keep, exactly, because it was a higher alcohol and basically boozy Marmite. Um, I absolutely love this stuff. Um, so is, are we talking like we went to the... Because it became very popular in the Caribbean and in Africa, didn't Caribbean it? and West Africa, yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was huge there. And apparently, I'm told... I mean, this was... My dad really loves this stuff as well. And I, me and my dad have drunk this stuff quite a lot together. Um, apparently, certainly in West Africa, I think it was advertised as almost like a sort of sexual stimulant for men. <laughs> like it was suggested on the posters that it would give you sort of a bit of... Uh, a, a bit of pep in your step. Um and it's yeah, it was very popular there. And I was actually on holiday with with my dad, and uh, we ordered uh, a bucket of Guinness for an extra. Wow! Wow! Um, or I think it's been called Guinness for an export as well, because they obviously, if you're drinking it here, they've basically exported it and then shipped it back. And we were drinking it at lunch at this pizza place, and I remember I think I was two bottles in, and that's when I realised, oh, this percentage is higher than normal. Uh, and it was in this ice bucket. And I realised these um, the labels just slipped off the bottle, just came straight off because they were, you know, a lot of condensation. They were quite wet, and I stuck the label to my head, and I thought, my dad is going to think this is absolutely hilarious. You know, send me piss, stick this label to my head. It's going to be great. And then I looked up at exactly the same moment as he looked up, and he'd done exactly the same thing. Oh, to me. oh that's nice. We both just sat there with a label on our head, <laughs> just pissing ourselves laughing. So it, it genuinely great. means a lot to me because of that. But it's just delicious as well. And it really, it packs a proper punch. The bottles are quite small and it's it's rocket fuel. Yeah. I've never had it. I've never got over that thing of like drinking that in a hot country and it being refreshing. I just, I, you know, I don't know how that works. <laughs> but it's that, it's malty and it's, you drink it cold and it's, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the same thing as drinking like a hot tea in some countries. It doesn't quite fit together in your mind, but when you, the flavours work within that sort of, within that uh, climate, yeah. What would be for Guinness for an extra? How, so how much is this? Like six and a half percent? Is it seven percent? More. I think it's more. It's over seven. I think. Yeah. What would you want? What would be the ideal thing to eat with that? I mean, it's well, it's it's still Guinness. You're basically eating that. Like you don't. <laughs> sort of, you chew it down. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've had it. I've had it before in this country when I've been making like a a big stew or something. It's quite good in. It's quite good in in winter with uh, a beef stew. I think the the strength varies depending on where you're getting it, but certainly in the UK, if you get it in the supermarket, seven and a half percent in a bottle. Would you have it chilled? Yeah, I mean, certainly when when I had it in a hot country, it was chilled. Yeah, yeah, it's a super choice, and I think it it completes a really fascinating pub selection of. There's interest wherever you go, Robin. What are your thoughts? It's a very well thought out pub. It really, really is. And do you think, Ed, this is going to appeal, this selection is going to appeal to the sort of clientele your pub will attract? Is this a metal, a many metal heads drinking a JJ Prum Riesling from 1990? <laughs> yeah. No, this pub is insane. Like, there's no, it doesn't make any sense, this pub. So metal pubs, you really want, you want Trooper, you want Lager, cans of Red Stripe are very popular in metal pubs, uh, and then you want, like, something you can do shots with. The Griffin in Bristol, their thing is like dark ales, mm. going very dark ales in and things like that. But um, 
They're yeah. a bit more curated, aren't they? When when I went in there, the the guy working, I think I think his name was was John actually. Um, he he seemed to really know his stuff and uh, was talking me through all the beers. I reckon the Nitro Coffee IPA and the Noah's Mill Bourbon are going to be the most popular choices amongst your customers. I agree, but they'll just stand behind the bar and hoover up all the Prum and Cantonac Brown. <laughs> well, folks. For the first time ever, The Moon Underwater, we are about to leave those of you who are not subscribed to the Patreon for our guest's special bonus choice, which is their dream pub companion. There's been a bit of a shake-up of uh, the Patreon offering here, just to make it so ruddy bloody simple. Before, we had three tiers, but now we just have one. And for £6 a month, you get early access to episodes, membership to The Moon Underwater Social Club ad-free episodes a day early, a monthly bonus podcast behind the cellar door, 48-hour ticket pre-sale access for live recordings, and you get entered into a patron's poem raffle where your name could be forever immortalised in verse. And the poet in question is one Juliet, Mike, Delta, Romeo, Oscar, Bravo, India, November, Sierra, John Robbins. Uh, how do you go. do phonetic alphabet and then don't know how to say Zadie Smith? <laughs> yeah, it's it's weirdly sort of there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I reckon even if I was sort of lost my entire memory, I, the phonetic alphabet would still be there. So, folks, if you want to hear Ed Gamble's bonus choice, if you want all those other things, especially the bonus podcast... Uh, which we really enjoy doing, then head over to moonunderpod.com and sign up to hear who Ed chooses as their dream pub companion. Uh, For those of you who are not subscribed to Patreon, we will see you back to find out what Ed is barring and what he's calling his pub. So now we leave in a mystical waft of scent. Well, oh, what a time we had with Ed, picking his dream pub companion. It's a secret. That's actually my f- my favourite bit of the whole podcast we've recorded. So <laughs> it was the best. Bit. It yeah, was the yeah. best bit. Yeah, and also we had about ten bottles of wine uh, each while we were doing that. So we're all a little bit tipsy now, but it was a superb selection. And to reiterate, if you want to hear the pub companion, go to Patreon, chuck a six quid, and uh, you will be forever blessed by the lord of your choice you're barred but now ed the big question rearing its ugly head what are you barring from your dream pub well given what we've just talked about on uh, the patreon only section uh, this is going to come as quite a surprise uh, but it's food <laughs> right oh nice wow. and yeah. what a strange choice don't want to get hosts the most successful food podcast in the history of mankind. But I want to eat in a restaurant. Okay, I I mean I 100% agree with you, but I didn't expect that from you. Give me your workings, your thoughts, your feelings. Okay, so whenever there's food in a pub, it's either terrible food which makes the pub stink. Yes. And ruins the atmosphere. Yes. Or if the food's really good, it's not a pub anymore, it's a restaurant. Mm, Can good. I say amen three times? You may. Amen. 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 Yeah. Either it smells of batter. Correct. Or it smells of someone looking at you going, you better be ordering a meal, mate. Yeah. There was, there, I've been to some lovely like gast- gastro pubs, places that have turned into Michelin star restaurants, but are still claiming to be pubs. But 
there's an amazing place called the Harwood Arms in Fulham, which is a Michelin star gastropub. And but it's all tables. You go in there, all the tables are laid out, and there's maybe two stools at the bar where there's two very determined regulars sat there yeah. who knew that place before it became the Harwood yeah. Arms. Sorry, hashtag not a pub. Yeah, not not a pub. Call it what you like, but you can't call it a pub. But that's what I mean. If you're striving. You should, if you're having something like food, you should be striving to have the best of it. But as soon as you get the best of it, it's not a pub anymore. And if you're just knocking out battered stuff, it just it makes the pub smell. People are leaving around plates with the half-eaten chips on it. It doesn't feel right. I, look, I love a pub snack. Bag of nuts, lovely. Scampi fries, perfect. Even wasabi peas, I'd, I'd stray to that. But full meals, you can't. it will never be right in a pub. Well, how do we square this circle? Because I think we would all agree that a, a wet pub, as they're known, uh, where you can't order meals is the ideal scenario. However, a lot of pubs are closing down and a lot of pubs are only really making their big money from food. What do you do? Because you want the pub on your road to exist. You maybe don't want it to stink of batter and to have one of those oval sort of oven dishes of, you know, dried on nacho cheese on it when you approach the table what do you do well i'm building my dream pub and that exists in a place where those economics aren't a problem (laughs) and also i mean you're riesling you're probably going to have to charge 300 quid a bottle so i would imagine you'll do okay actually yeah it should be fine shouldn't it as long as we sell one of those a night i think we'll be okay I just think the pub for me is always somewhere, if I'm eating out, I'll go to the pub before the meal and after the meal. Yes. I want to move location for the meal and then I want to go back to the pub. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think also what's nice is that we could, this can exist in the correct realm where the economics of uh, running a pub aren't really featuring. We've just got the bliss of walking into a pub where it doesn't stink of nachos, doesn't stink of cod and there's not sort of you know like sort of paraphernalia everywhere half eaten ketchup bottles yeah, i don't want to see ketchup and i don't want to see ketchup in a pub i don't want to see crusted ketchup around the rim of a bottle in a pub i don't i just i, I don't want it i don't want it don't want it i don't want it and, and we're not going to have it because this is your dream i'll let I'll, I'll let us have a scotch egg of the week or something you can do a different scotch egg every week but some sandwiches wrapped in cling film no 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 not no, even no. that not no, even that not even sandwiches wrapped in cling film i think film. really what what you would like to see is one of those little sort of um cake plinths with a glass thing a glass sort of cloche on top and underneath you've got sausage roll and a scotch egg but the glass cloche to me screams cafe uh, okay, a pewter cloche carved into a skull with a snake going in one eye and out of its mouth. Yeah, okay, I like that. And there's a Scotch egg underneath it. Yeah, but no one can see the Scotch egg. Right, yeah. But also, I, also, with food, also coffee machines are banned. Yes. Oh, I don't know if I, I can ban more that. than one thing, but the, you just remind him with a cloche, it's the sort of place that has one of those big silver coffee machines taking up valuable real estate on the bar where there could be a, more choice of spirits. And also, whenever they have them in in decent pubs, if you ask for it, you can see the bar staff going, "Oh, for f- <laughs> yeah. it's six, it's six p.m. There's a, there's got to be a crossover." Yeah, mate. There's, I mean, is there any part of the UK that's not inundated with cafes now? Yeah, we're fine. Just go to Costa's cafe, open mate. till seven. Costa's open. Go there. Hurry up, please. It's time. 
Well, Ed, we thank you so much for your time. This has been an epic uh, Moon Underwater and you've been such a superb guest. Just to remind everyone, so far, Ed has Vault City Brewing, Cloudy Lemonade Session Sour, 4.2%, Michelin Nitro Coffee IPA, 6.6%. His bottles are Margot Chateau Catanac Brown, 2008, and a JJ Prum 1990 Riesling. He also has Harris Gin, Noah's Mill uh, Bourbon, and his wild card is Guinness Foreign Extra, with a label on the forehead. His pub is black, it is dark, it is grimy, it plays metal music at varying volumes throughout the night, and there is no food and no coffee. So if you want either of those things, go somewhere else, please, because Ed will be listening to Clutch Blast Tyrant at full blast at the bar. But before you go, Ed, we need a name for this superb establishment. What's it going to be called? Oh, this is this is the one thing I didn't think about. Uh, but, I mean, I feel like it should be such a metal name that it, it puts off the majority of people. And quite a long... I like a long name. Because <laughs> pub names aren't long enough. Maybe um, big, big Bucket of Blood... Big, is it really? It's called the Big Bucket of Blood. I was going to suggest, and you will know us by the Trail of Red. <laughs> also good. Yeah, I, but I think I'm going to go with Big Bucket of Blood, John. The mm, Big like Bucket. It. Is it just Big Bucket of Blood or is it The Big Bucket of Blood? I feel like blood? there. You need a there in the pub name, right? The, the Big, the bucket, big of bucket of Blood. blood. It could be A Big bl- Bucket of Blood. <laughs> that's, that's something you don't see often enough in pub names yeah. is A. A King's Head. I would definitely yeah. go to A King's Head. Yeah. A rose and a yeah, crown. Yeah. Yeah. A, a queen's arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Ed, thank you so much for creating the big bucket of blood uh, with us here today. Uh, sounds worse than it is. Uh, uh, we wish you all the best as you take it with you wherever you need it the most. Ed, that's going to be at your doorstep, at your beck and call. Oh, my God. And I must, 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 must try that Riesling. Uh, So thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next week in The Moon Underwater. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 